Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Friday, October 13th, 2023, and this is day 2032 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we glorify you and praise you and honor you above all others. Thank you for waking us up to see this brand new day that you created just for us. Thank you for new beginnings, fresh starts, reboots, and just getting a new day to start everything over from fresh. Lord, I thank you so much for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask my Lord that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Today is also a T-Zone Update Friday. I don't have a lot because, unfortunately, we had to cancel last Saturday's session. I, I got extremely ill from food poisoning and didn't quite know what it was and didn't want to... Um, uh, I didn't know if it was a virus and, you know, and I, I did not want to contaminate anyone else. So we canceled. And that's another thing about our organization that the Lord has been putting on my heart is really we've been working on this for the last year or so is capacity building. So getting people in place that can do what I'm doing. And although my um, my assistant, who is also my daughter, uh, who knows the program well and could have, but since we were starting a brand new session on human trafficking, the attacks have been coming, but we're pressing on. We're going to still do it. So we're looking forward to tomorrow, working with our precious kiddos and, and equipping them. I have had the privilege all week, though, of meeting uh, with many people and going to different functions and talking about what we're doing and the word is getting out. I've got a meeting with a neighborhood association that wants us to come and do youth development training. Uh, I was at a function at Kaufman yesterday uh, for the real world learning with all the different schools and and superintendents, and God had me seated right at a table with all these superintendents and amazing women, uh, Kansas City School District, uh, Kansas City, Kansas, or Wyandotte, and um, and Hickman, and uh, one other, uh, and then the, the Desi people, <laughs> the Department of Education, uh, were at this table, had no idea, but God connected me with many of them, and uh, we'll see what happens. God's got a plan. The other thing that that stood out yesterday, God also connected me uh, with another organization that works with juveniles, and that is the direction that the Lord wants us to go, and working with those youth that most people will tend to uh, turn their backs on or feel uncomfortable working with, you know, a lot of the schools. So she had brought up in the in the session we were in that she wants her kids to be able to participate in the summer programs and not have to just have the programs brought to them. She wants them to be able to get out and intermingle with others. And I'm like, that's what we're about. So we connected and I'm excited about what God is doing. So thank you all for everything that you do for us, all your prayers and your support and your donations. You're planting your seeds in good ground. So let's get to the word. Today's message is overcoming the effects of trauma. 
overcoming the effects of trauma. And as I say it, I'm sure there's things going through your mind, how trauma affected you, but it's a matter of overcoming those obstacles. Uh, we're going to be coming out of 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 through 20. We talked about this on Wednesday night as well. So, But God has given me a little bit more of a different angle, but still the same substance from his word. Again, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 through 20. And it says, there was a certain man from Ramathiam, a Zuphite, from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanai son of Jeroham, Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Pania. Pania had children, but Hannah had none. Very important part there. Um, year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrificed to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Penina, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion, because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year, and her rival was the other wife, uh, Penina. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband, Elkanah, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you sound so downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. Mm, powerful, isn't it? Uh, she was saying that she would dedicate her son uh, to the Lord and uh, allow him to be a priest in the house of God. As she kept on praying the Lord to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Mm, that's a judgment, right? Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. See, sometimes when we're pouring out our soul to the Lord, people will judge us. 
and wonder what on earth is wrong with her or him, right? But we must stand up for what we believe in, in the Lord. And as she did, she told the priest, that's not the case, not at all. Uh, Anyway, she says, um, let me go to verse 16. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace and may the Lord of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Now that he understood, now he was able to confirm what God had probably already put in her heart, I believe. And he said, oh, you're blessed. You will be blessed for whatever it is that you're asking God for. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Oh, a shift took place in Hannah's life at that moment. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanai made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Woo! Glory to God. I love this Bible truth. It's so powerful. Okay, let's go to our points. Even believers go through trauma. The key to is to go through it not to stay there. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalms 23 and four. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world, John 16, 33. We must remember the word of God as we are going through trials and tribulations, as we are heartbroken and we might fall for a minute and we shake ourselves through the word of God and say, hold on, what am I, why am I in this state of mind? Lord, please forgive me for you have overcome the world and that means I have too. Hannah had been unable to conceive children, and in the Old Testament times, a childless woman was considered a failure. Her barrenness was a social embarrassment for her husband. Children were a very important part of society's economic structure. They were a source of labor for the family, and it was their duty to care for their parents in their old age. If a wife could not bear children, she was often obligated by ancient Middle Eastern customs to give one of her servant girls to her husband to bear children for her. Although Elkanah could have left Hannah, a husband was permitted to divorce a barren wife. He remained lovingly devoted to her despite social criticism and his rights under uh, the civil law. Very interesting, right? He could have divorced her, but he said, no, I love her so much. I am not going to do that. And see, many of you are going through something that is so rough, but God is saying, I have not divorced you. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I am there with you, even through the storms. I am there with you to hold you up. When you can't hold yourself up, he said, I will never leave you. 
Point number two, as we can see, Elkanah had two wives, right? Hannah and Panina. Elkanah gave Hannah a double portion from the sacrificed meat because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. Hannah was traumatized because she could not have children. Panina could have also been suffering from trauma because Elkanah loved Hannah more than he loved her. You notice there's always another side of the story. And we only most times hear the one that's the loudest. And we can see Hannah being bullied and being put down. And I wonder if uh, Panina was doing this out of her own hurt and frustration of not being shown the same love from her husband. Panina provoked Hannah year after year because she could not have children. Hannah was so depressed that she would not eat and she wept. Hannah, from my perspective, got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And she finally cried out to the Lord with all her heart, asking him to bless her with a son. She made a vow to the Lord that she would give him to the Lord. And you know what? She did exactly that. After crying out to the Lord, Hannah's health and life was restored. See, that is where our blessings are. That is where our good health stands through the Lord crying out to him. And she cried out so much, the priest thought she was drunk. (laughs) Go ahead, get drunk in the spirit of the Lord. Go ahead and do what God has called you to do. No matter what anybody else says or does or what they're putting you down, you know, that panina in your life that's bullying and saying, you can't do that. You can't accomplish that. You know, and then all along here, she is suffering too. Not long after that, God blessed her with a son, Samuel. She kept her word and gave him to the Lord to be raised as a priest. God blessed Hannah with three sons and two daughters. Wow, isn't that powerful? Because she finally said, I am going to do what God would have me to do. No matter how bad it looks. Trauma comes from the Greek word traumat, meaning wound. Trauma is a deep wound that happens when something abnormally shocking, painful, or harmful occurs and leaves us feeling overwhelmed and threatened physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. And in uh, the trainings that we used to do at CCR, we taught on this, and this is from their book uh, that they have assembled on trauma. So there's, you know, five main types of trauma ongoing and structurally induced trauma, like living under abuse, abusive or unsafe conditions that are long-term and continuous, such as poverty or a constant threat of gunfire. There's societal or collective trauma, a traumatic event or series of events that affect large numbers of people. Think of 9-11. Think of you know, things that are going on right now in our world that is affecting all of us. There's historical trauma transferred through generations, ongoing psychological, emotional, and physical wounding wounding throughout a lifespan and across generations. Like slavery is the first thing that comes to mind. Secondary trauma experienced by rescue workers, caregivers, and other responders, even educators, teachers, mediators, Participation-induced trauma. There are emotional and spiritual implications of harming others intentionally 
or unintentionally. I think about police officers when they have to shoot someone and these are the ones that are doing the right thing. Uh, and they have to shoot someone to protect the people because everyone's in danger and that person is bringing about danger. And, and that is a traumatic effect for uh, them as well. I think about, for me, uh, poverty was uh, a trauma that, that caused effects in my life that made me feel like I'm not good enough to do that because I'm poor or because I'm black, I'm black and I'm a woman or I can't accomplish these things. And those were things that were subtly um, instilled in me throughout my life and not intentionally, but it was just a part of like, oh, this is, you know, you, you can't ever leave this area where you live. I remember when my husband and I got married and we had lived in the same apartments where um, uh, we were living when I was a teenager and, and it was for uh, low income. I was grateful for it, but we, we, didn't saw, we didn't seek out any other place. We just decided, oh, we'll just move here. It was just the norm, you know, to continue um, that legacy of poverty, of a poverty mindset. Now, mind you, we financially were doing fine, but it was a poverty mindset, which was was brought on through trauma, the things that we had gone through, and this is all the best we could do, so we think. And then finally, one day, you know, things weren't going well at the apartment. I'm thinking, why are we going through this? They don't fix things. They don't do things that they promise. And and we found this apartment um, that was like in, in the, at that time was considered more of the uh, elite area or rich area. But you see how we can label things and make people feel like they're not included or they're, you know, or you are included because you fit this criteria or that criteria. And that's got to change. And we are the ones we are the change agents that can make the difference. So we ended up applying there and different ones said to us, oh, you shouldn't do there. You can't afford that. Oh my gosh, it had a swimming pool. It was beautiful. Everything was so nice. And um, the landscaping was immaculate. And, and we got the apartment. And, you know, we had a nice um, deck and all those things. But that was the beginning of me overcoming a poverty mindset, which was traumatic because that's how we grew up. It became the norm. And you think this is the best I can do. And God is saying, no, I have greater for you. You are a child of the king, but no matter where you are, it's about our mindset. You know, um, I remember when we had our bakery in Raytown, my sisters and I, and, you know, God said, it's time to move on. And God sent uh, executives from Crown Center, we didn't know at the time. And, and they said, we were sent here to come and get you. We were struggling at the moment there. And uh, to bring you back, uh, to to bring you to Crown Center, if you're willing. And, and God opened doors there for us. And that would be a place that we would think we could never go to. It would be too expensive. Once we were there, I mean, everything was beautiful. We had the biggest kitchen we could have ever imagined. Everything we needed was there. And the rent was no more expensive than where we were. Isn't that something? That mindset, that's a traumatic thing that the enemy puts upon us or it tries to. And it's up to us to accept it or reject it. Just like Hannah rejected it, she finally came up out of that depression and said, no more. And that is exactly 
what God would have us to do. He said, I never intended for you to be where you are in some cases. And in some cases, he wants us to go through some things so that we can relate to the people possibly that we're going to be serving, whatever that is. God is saying it's time to come out of the traumatic effects and begin to do what he's called you to do. This is your day, your time. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory to God. I love you all so very much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E-B-Like-Boy-U-Y-C-K-S-Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on TZoneKC.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth these life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation, human trafficking and awareness, and DIY programs, minor household repairs. We are thankful to each and every one of you. I can't say it enough because it's because of your love and your caring that helps us to do what God has given us to do. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.